I'm Phil Rickaby, and I am a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert. I'm Jess McCauley, and I am a theater maker, and I am also an introvert, and this is the Introvert's Guide to... On the Introvert's Guide 2, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Introvert Guide 2, the number 2, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find the show. But even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts become Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. So we are recording this on a holiday Monday for us in Ontario here in Canada. And I don't know about you, but what I am not missing is the four to five hours of video meetings that I usually have on Mondays. I have a nice, tasty 9 a.m. meeting that I am not looking forward to, and I am going to see the whole gallery of faces, the Brady Bunch <laughs> style, just staring back at me, yeah. way too perky, and I'm just not here for it. Why are they so perky? I I don't know. Something tells me that they have like these little things that keep their eyes open <laughs> and little smiles going. It's like It's just like a clockwork orange sort of situation. I think the advantage that we all have in video meetings is that if you can plaster a glassy smile on your face, nobody really knows that what you're really thinking is just kill me. And you're waiting (laughs) for that opportunity to be able to turn your camera off. Oh, absolutely. And I don't I don't even really bother getting dressed anymore in the morning. Like I I obviously keep the top half there, but the bottom half, it's my tasty little secret. (laughs) I always make sure that I have put on pants. Because there's going to be a time when you have to make sure that like you're not just like you're like business on the top, underwear on the bottom, that you get up for a second and you forget that one, your camera's on and two, you're not wearing pants. At the beginning of this thing, did you ever dress up your background to make it look more professional than it actually was? No, if I needed to, I would throw up a, a uh, like a, a, a virtual background. Mostly what I would do is just use the blur function so that it right. was like non-specific on my background, but I never really cared all that much. Some people are like, uh, for this meeting, I will select the library effect or whatever. And I'm just like, sure, you could do that, but you know. Why? That's yeah, that's fine. I mean, like, you know, we we know we're not in a library. We don't have to pretend, folks. I mean, it's great. Yes. Sure. I like looking at nice backgrounds, but again, we don't need to make this a decision. Yeah. 
It's no. nothing major. Sit no. down. <laughs> yeah, no. It, the, the issue is, so prior to the beginning of the pandemic, almost a month and a half, you know, a year, month and a half, you know, 14, 15 months ago, a year and a half almost, I don't think I went to more than two meetings, two video meetings in a week, maybe three in a very busy week. Most of our meetings happened in person. So I didn't have to worry about that. And then all of a sudden, it became just a steady stream of almost constant video meetings. And see, I had never been experienced, like I've never experienced this sort of work situation before. I mean, I my job, the, the job I had had before I had gotten promoted, I mean, it was more of a people situation. It was a sales department, right? So it was more face-to-face time. And jumping into this new position where it is an office, and I now work arts administration, I have meetings, I have people to see, people to that I actually have to report to, mm-hmm. is such a new thing for me that I feel it's an interesting introduction to an office life through Zoom. Because I have no idea how I'm going to come into this office now face-to-face with people when it is time to go back. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of worried that some days I am going to walk, like, I'm just going to walk into this office with pajama pants one day and just go, oh, this isn't okay. This this isn't the thing. You're just going to have to put up a sign by the door so that you see it when you're leaving that just says, are you wearing pants? And you have to look at that every day, touch it, go, Yes, I am. Or, oh, thank you. No, I'm not. I did not put on anything other than pajama pants. The physical touch part about touching a sign is actually a good point. I was th- I was about I was about to make a snarky, sarcastic comment about it, but I was like, no, no, that's a good point. It's yeah. muscle memory. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. The thing about these these for for want of a better term, we're going to call it Zoom meetings. No matter if you have it in Google Meet or any other platform is the fact that they actually take more concentration than an in-person meeting. I find them more exhausting than an in-person meeting ever has been before. I am starting to experience this thing now. I don't know if it's because I need glasses, but I know that when I'm in a video meeting for too long, my, I feel my eye vision disassociating from what's Mm. happening. And I feel I have to force myself to focus more because of it. It's, it's a lot to ask of somebody's attention to stay in a zoom meeting for a long time. It is a, I've realized that that's, I, I, I took that for granted when I first started, I was like, Oh, this isn't going to be so bad. I'm just lounging around, but no, it's, it's mentally draining. It is mentally draining. And I've been thinking a lot about why it might be mentally draining. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we're working harder to appear present. We're working harder to see, you know, to 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 have our face active, to pay attention to what's going on, because there's so many potential things that are going on. We're working harder to, to do that. And that is really draining. It's a you're it's your mind is definitely doing double time now. It is It is absolutely working overtime. We are so used to those physical cues in person. And we're, and we're those, the way that we socialize as humans is we need that physical connection right there in yes. front of us. Yeah. And it's, it's totally different when you have to try and 
make sure that you look as though you are paying attention because you are. Yeah. But it's different on screen. And I mean, also, I'm someone that does get self-conscious when I'm speaking for a long time on screen. I wonder, is someone looking at Facebook? Is someone actually paying attention to me? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can't even worry about that. I think for me, the the biggest worry that I have and the biggest thing that takes my attention is the fact that I can see my face. Do you stare at yourself? I try not to, but I'm always like, what am, what am I doing with my face right now? And I'll look over and be like, ooh, bitch face. And I'll be like, oh, soften your face. Think about how you're looking. Like, I know you're concentrating, but don't make it look like you're angry. Do something with your face that's not an angry face. Oh, boy. You know something? We're going to do something a little bit different. I Usually we save to the internet for the very last, but you brought up a good point that I just want to touch on something. Okay, sure. Okay, so if if you know me, I am a National Geographic gal. I just, I, I love it. Mm. I have a good, subs- I used to have a subscription. I miss okay. it. Okay, okay. So there were a couple of articles that came out. And the one I'm just going to bring us over to is, there's an interesting article that talks about Zoom fatigue. Mm. And it is taxing the brain. And here's why that happens. So incredible article. We, of course, link these in, in our descriptions. But this one, I'm just going to read a little bit. And you let me know what you think. Humans communicate even when they're quiet, right? So during in-person conversation, the brain focuses partly on the words being spoken, but it also derives an additional meaning from dozens of non-verbal cues, such as whether someone is facing you or slightly turned away, if they're fidgeting while you talk, or if they inhale quickly in preparation to interrupt. However, a typical video call impairs these ingrained abilities and requires sustained and intense attention to words instead. If a person is framed only from the shoulders up, the possibility of viewing hand gestures or other body language is eliminated. If the video quality is poor and hope of gleaning something from minute facial expressions is dashed. For somebody who's really dependent on nonverbal cues, it can be a big drain to not have them. Prolonged eye contact has become the strongest facial cue readily available and it can feel threatening or overly intimate if it's held too long. And multi-person screens magnify this exhausting problem. Gallery view, where all meeting participants appear Brady Bunch style, challenges the brain's central vision, forcing it to decode so many people at once that no one comes through meaningfully, not even the speaker. So for me... Having this partial attention, I have auditory processing disorder. Mm -hmm. What that means essentially is that I can hear you, but my mind has a tendency to not process entirely what's being said. And so my mind will start to go other places and I'm not taking in the proper information. Now that I have to focus on who's on screen, what's being said, looking at myself, trying to take in the facial cues, making sure my anxiety doesn't run rampant by asking, could you please repeat that? (laughs) It's exhausting. And I didn't know that this was something that was, I know that humans are social creatures, but to see how it robs us of social interaction is incredible. I mean, it it all makes sense because, you know, we do require the, all of these, these social cues when we're in person, whenever I'm giving a presentation, I try to do it standing up that way. 
uh, and I'll back up a little bit like I am now. And people could see a little bit more of me. I'm a gesturer anyway. Yay, theater training. So I like, I like, will sometimes, uh, and if they can't see me, I'll gesture more, put, try to put something into my voice to make it sound animated. But it's so, it takes a lot of work to present. But also there's the issue of lag. There can be like, the lag can be such that like, I could be starting to say something. Somebody else hasn't heard that I'm starting to say something. They jump in, and now we both are doing that. Oh, uh, 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 no, you go, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go. And it's we're, it's just because the the video is lagging. You might miss somebody's like that inhale as somebody's going to talk because it, it's happening in a lagged fashion, and so things start to make so much less sense. It can become so confusing just just to try to watch it. I had a really embarrassing moment during training. So I started this new position and training for me was five days a week on Zoom for eight hours. Just awful. My internet though was working up. And so my boss is trying to tell me and this other new employee about all, you know, just policies, procedures. And I guess my leg started to go in and I thought my boss had a period and I was asking a question. And, and I was just trying to be clear on what, what, what was being said and repeating it back. And mm. meanwhile, what had actually happened is my side was lagging, their side was fine, and I was talking over mm. the boss the entire time, not even listening, couldn't even hear anything. Right. And he's just sitting there laughing. I can't see anything. Yeah. And there was nothing like it before. But boy, did I just want to send a strongly worded letter to Kojiko. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just like... So many times when that happens. And then we have this situation where we are, um, you know, we're spending so much time in these video meetings while we're working. And then it's the only way that we can sort of socialize with friends. Hopefully in the very near future, we're going to be seeing some of that start to change shortly, at least here in Canada. I know in some places that's already happening. But here in Ontario, we've been in lockdown since December and we're really getting ready and, and hoping that that'll end soon. But all of our socializing for the last year and a half has been over Zoom or similar video uh, applications. And that is just, it's a terrible way to try to socialize. New insecurities are unlocked because of this new social interaction. <laughs> I mean, again, the the staring at oneself I'm, I'm going to come back into that later with another article because mm -hmm. that was interesting, but it is, it's just so incredibly awful to sit there and experience a lag, experience your vision starting to blur and, and not even enjoying the moment anymore. I miss being sucked into a good conversation yeah. in person. I didn't realize how much as an introvert, mm -hmm. I was craving that. Yeah. I'm craving it now. Part of, part of, for me, the part of the serious problem of the whole, like trying to have a social group meet over an application like Zoom or anything else is that every conversation must be presented to everyone, right? You're not having a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. Somebody else can't like slide into the conversation. It's a conversation that everybody is overhearing. And so it becomes a conversation for everyone. And there's usually one person who's like 
So, Tom, I hear that you have some news. Do you want to share that? Sarah, I hear that you had something happen to you. Did you want, like, how were things with you? It's just like one person trying to drive everybody to keep talking. And it's just so nobody wants to because it's not a, doesn't feel like a real conversation. No, I know. And it, it, it does come down to one person to have the responsibility of doing that. And then it almost feels as though that person has to keep talking to a point where are they dominating the conversation? Are we able to keep something organic going mm. here? I mean, you have a um, you have a method of hanging out with your friends, don't you? Is it a uh, it's an online board game? A friend of mine, uh, Adriana, introduced me to this. It's called uh, Backyard.co. Backyard.co, and you can get together with your friends and play board games. And instead of just being a Zoom meeting where everybody is just hanging out, you at least have the excuse of getting together to play a game in the application. Uh, it has essentially games like, I think there's a Connect Four. There's like a, 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 a Pictionary type game. There's the game Code Names or something like along those lines. I think Cards Against Humanity is in there. There's some other games. And it's just like to be able to hang out in that way without the pressure of somebody having to drive the conversation and to just play a game. And if conversation happens, it happens. But it's a great way to just sort of like, you know, be hanging out and 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 just let stuff happen. So we're not thinking about it. It's a great a great opportunity, a great way to do that. It's not everybody in the Brady Bunch grid trying to figure out what they're going to say that they want everybody to hear. One other thing that my friends tried one time is we all decided that we'd missed each other, um, but we weren't interested in just getting together on Zoom and talking, that we decided that we wanted to color. Hmm. So we all cracked out our art supplies. We all sat down, cross-legged on the floor, grabbed some tea, and we made sure to reinforce that nobody has to talk. Mm. Just knowing that the others are there, you can talk if you want, you can show off your cute little craft at some point, that was enough. And I think eliminating that pressure of having just conversation mm. was more than enough of a help. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the times, because we get cornered into these things, if that's... Needing to go back here for a second, before this pandemic, things like Zoom, things like FaceTime, they really were reserved for our friends that we never saw. They were reserved for anyone long distance or someone we needed to talk to at late at night or yeah. something. Yeah. I think this is definitely a new realm for us where we're now having to redefine what exactly we can do. Mm-hmm. What can we do to keep this interesting, to still stay connected and still see See our friends for the people that we love so much, not an annoyance that we have to get to, right? absolutely. You know, another thing that my friends and I have done, we did a little bit more at the beginning of the pandemic, and we do it occasionally now, is is getting together for a group game of Mario Kart on the Nintendo Switch. And sort of like play online, and we just race around, shit talk each other, and just generally... Uh, have some conversations. We're not seeing each other, but we use a chat function or we'll sometimes connect via Facebook audio or something and just just shoot the shit while we're playing the game. You absolutely have to find ways to trash talk your friends. It's it's absolutely vital. Especially when you're playing Mario Kart. They're not really your friends if you haven't trash, uh, trash talked them during Mario Kart. Mario? Mario Kart. You said Mario. Yeah, Mario Kart. Mario! Mario, Mario, who cares? 
You say I'm Mario, this. I say I'm Mario. leaving this. What? I'm, le- I'm leaving this. Jess has left the conversation. No, come on. <laughs> fine, I'll fine. Say it, I I'll s- say it however I want to say it in the moment. I'll go back and forth between Mario and Mario. That's fine, but I swear, the second you say bagel or I, milk, it's over. Not, it's neither done. Neither of those things is happening. Neither of those things is happening. Okay, okay. I'll hold you to it. Hold you to it. <laughs> Trying to get into a video call is not a great way to socialize. We have to find other ways to do it. Whether you're using, um, I don't know what it's called, but there's like a a way to do like Netflix with friends and you can sort of like watch something, but you chat like, like text, text chat while you're watching something. Or I think some of the other features have introduced some kind of like watch with friends. I haven't tried them, but just ways that you can do that, that, that allow you to connect with people while doing something else because the video chat option or the video meeting is a terrible way to socialize. And I think we have to accept that. So after you've had like a long day with meetings, you're done your work day, what do you do to help yourself recover? Well, depending on the day of the week or, or what video games are out, I will either play some video games. Currently right now, uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition has just come out. So I'm uh, replaying the Mass Effect games. And, but aside from that, I'll play something or maybe I'll watch something on Netflix. Just anything that can be like a good brain off time. That's how I uh, uh, recharge. Uh, I myself just got the Nintendo Switch. Oh. I'm only just coming into the party now. So I really enjoy Animal Crossing. Oh, see, I, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to admit something here. It's been almost a year since I went to my Animal Crossing village. I am afraid of what I would find there. I'm just going to say. They're in the same place that the Neopets are. Oh, they're waiting for me. They're waiting for me. There's going to be absolute chaos, junk everywhere. I'm sure they're so mad. Just, uh, I don't think they can be mad at you. I don't think your I, I don't think your villagers can be that mad at you unless you start abusing them. I think they make like snarky comments. They make like little tiny ones, but it's just so sweet and cute that you're you're willing mm-hmm. to forgive it quickly. Yeah. I will. Yeah, I, I I will. We'll find out one of these days. We will find out what happens if you're away for almost a year. <laughs> but like these these games are and and things like that. These are a great way. And also, if you if you can connect and have people come over to your island, that could be kind of fun too. Is to sort of socialize in the the Animal Crossing world. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, again, it's a nice, it's a nice, if you introverts out there, if you have an opportunity and you have the means to do it, try out Animal Crossing. It's really sweet. It's, it's nice, a relaxing game. I find it relaxing. But and when are you going to get Mario Kart so we can, we can uh, race around? Oh, it's on, Rickaby. It's on. <laughs> it's on. And I am ruthless. Oh, all right then. All I'm right giggly, then. but I will giggle my ass all the way to the end. Okay. We, we will see. We will see. <laughs> we shall see. We shall indeed see. So we've talked about like Zoom at work. We've talked about Zoom with friends and like trying to do that sort of thing. The other the other area where it can be can be a bit problematic is when you have family who's like, we're doing a family Zoom. Oh, no. Yeah, we had to go through that. Um, My nanny just, um, I think... Near the beginning of the lockdown, first lockdown, I should say, 
unfortunately she had to be taken to a um a long-term care home Mm -hmm. and so trying to get the family together on a zoom call was a nightmare every there are lots of cousins of mine and it is pages and pages of you know just gallery view could not hold us right hearing everybody talk on top of each other and trying to keep the conversation to a minimum just so my poor nanny can like pay attention i just see her sweet little eyes like who is saying what yeah. <laughs> what is going on yeah. zoom for that kind of thing it's like it's like you give them any people and then because of all of the lag people don't know they're talking over each other it's just just miserable Oh, yeah. My cousin planned to sing my nanny this song. It was close to Valentine's Day and he begins to sing it. But all the cousins, not some of them couldn't hear that he had said. So I prepared something for nanny. They just heard him starting to sing and then they all just joined in. It was like this giant choir of everyone singing. My cousin's just like, I literally learned that. It took me a while. Okay. (laughs) What's crazy about that is like when I was at work near the beginning, we used to have like these regular meetings, have a daily meeting. If somebody had a birthday, we would attempt over Zoom to sing happy birthday. But because of the lag, it was always terrible. Everybody's singing at different different times, different speeds, different tempos, different different octaves. It was it was horrible, horrible. It sounds okay. This this one Christmas, I had this um, old VHS copy of um, Home Alone, and my friends and I decided we were going to do a mini drinking game of it. Oh, now just getting to the point is when it came to the opening, the tape was so warped that it would kind of sound like a. I kind of likened. <laughs> I kind of likened it to yeah. uh, what your happy birthday over Zoom would sound like. It's just it might have been, like, been worse than that because I would always oh, have no. to take my headphones out because I just couldn't listen to everybody else. But <laughs> like, just it was just so miserable. Oh yeah, absolutely. And are there any singers in that group? I mean, sure, but nobody really tries to sing "Happy Birthday" well. It's I, really I've never who, met anyone that will. No, it's really about who can sing it the loudest, or something like that, or whatever. It doesn't even absolutely cares. Do you have? I mean, you're relatively new to the regular video meeting. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tricks or or coping mechanisms that you've developed that you're that you're currently using, or that you're that you're thinking about using that help to help you get through the meetings? Well, because the camera is on just my face and you only see my shoulders, I find something to fidget with. Like I, um, I used to have Play-Doh. I used to have a stress ball. I, I would just hold twiddle my pen in my fingers just because I was getting anxious. And again, that internal focus of, okay, look interested, look interested, look at, oh, too much, too much. Okay, close the uh, don't don't widen your eyes so much. You look like you don't look great. <laughs> it, it was just getting worse and worse. Uh, so I think finding something to keep my hands occupied hmm. and trying to find a way to not get my camera on screen. Hmm. So if I can, I know it's not popular, but I prefer having whoever the speaker is the very first, and I always mute my mic so that way I never pop up. Never. <laughs> yeah. Muting your mic is certainly a very smart thing to do. You also have to remember to unmute because, you know, every meeting is like a chorus is of you're muted as somebody starts to talk. It's just just kind of miserable. But 
Um, I have developed this trick and I hope nobody from work is actually listening to this because um, so sometimes I have to keep working during meetings, but I, it's also important that I look like I'm focusing. So I have mastered doing one thing while my camera is on and still kind of nodding and making like gestures like, oh, that's a good point. Like as I'm doing something else and I will just sort of like as somebody else is going and do, talking about stuff. And I, it doesn't even, I just, I'm just trying to keep my face animated, acting like I'm reacting to what's being said while I'm doing other work. And it's probably not a good habit, but it's, it's one way to, you know, do work while the meeting is going on. His name is Phil Rickaby and he is listening. No, <laughs> yes. <laughs> listening air quotes. Um, one thing that I will do, like being muted is super important um, just for everybody's sanity. But also if I can find a moment where I can have my camera off so that I don't have to look at myself, my God, I just like, and, and, you know, we, we all have, and it doesn't matter who we are. I think that we all have a narcissistic streak when it comes to having our face on screen and we can't help, but look at ourselves when we're there. Like if there was a way to turn it off so that we didn't have to look at ourselves, that would be great. But I don't think it exists. You're there unless your camera's off and we can't help. But like, what am I doing in my face right now? Is that how I look? Oh, what am I doing? You know, like all of these things running through our heads where we should be paying attention to the, to the meeting, but we can't because we could see our faces. So that brings me to the second article. <laughs> oh, good. Once again, from National Geographic, because that is my bag. This one here was from an article called Zoom Fatigue May Be With Us For Years. Here's How We'll Cope. Clickbaity uh, title, I know, but hey, was still interesting. Uh, so one thing about the article I just wanted to highlight again is something we've touched on a couple times, and you've just mentioned it now, is this need to just check on to see how we look listeners, I have a tendency to do this. I've worked very hard to move my camera out of focus for myself. I even had to tell Phil one time when I was having a great skin day and the light was just hitting me that I may be staring at myself because I am in fact looking like an ethereal goddess and it's great. But on a particular finding that I found interesting, the study describes hypergaze an intense feeling that the other people on the call are staring at you because the video conferencing display shows everyone looking at their cameras, no matter who their focus is actually on. And it's even worse in one-on-one -on -one meetings when your colleague's face appears so large on the screen, it's as if they're standing less than two feet away. This kind of physical proximity that is mimicked by video conference is perceived by the brain as a situation that would lead either to mating or to conflict. Interesting, right? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, I read this uh, article and then shortly after had a meeting with my boss. Uh -huh. And I, I couldn't help myself but just thinking it right in the back of my head. And I was like, is that what I look like when, <laughs> when I'm really? And then I was looking at him a, a little while longer and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just you'd be really close in person, wouldn't you? If this uh -huh. were the screen, and we got to this interesting conversation. And then finally, I think the comfort level came up and it was a, if you mm -hmm. want to turn the camera off, mm -hmm. 
you can do so. I'll keep, you know, we did it that way. We were just, it felt a little bit more organic, yeah. but it's, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's super interesting. I, when I am recording my other podcast stage worthy, I tend to do it with camera off and I tend to do mm. it with no video. We don't see each other unless somebody specifically requests. I've, it says something like, I find it easier to connect if I can see the person, then we do that. But for me, I think that we can get more into it with that that podcast that if, if it's just voice. I don't, I, I think that it's it, seeing each other is too much. People will start to worry, oh, do I have to put on makeup or like make myself brush my hair? Do I have to get dressed? Must I wear pants for this? Like yeah, these important questions. And I would just rather take that all off the table and make sure that people are just, we're just voice. We don't have to worry about what anybody looks like. We just have to worry about how we how how we sound. First time I ever heard you was on a screen, and I just thought about that memory. The first mm -hmm. time I had ever chatted with you was on Stage Worthy, mm -hmm. and I just remember hearing this voice coming through, going, "This guy's good. He's a good nugget. <laughs> well, thank He's you. Good. Thank you. You're welcome." That memory just popped up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, as far as you know, I gave some. I gave. I think I have to say the the advice I gave for what I do to cope with video calls is not something that I would necessarily recommend to everybody. Jump from screen to another screen. Like don't nod your head as though you're listening. Don't pretend to be listening and gesture as though, Oh, that's a really good point. Don't do that. Don't do what I'm doing in case somebody goes like, Oh, you seem to have a thought about that. Phil, why don't you tell us what you think? Like anything like that. You don't know if you're on screen, if the, if the person who's speaking can see you, you don't know. Don't do that. Um, I shouldn't do it. I do. That's probably going to bite me in the ass. I hope nobody from work listens to this right now. Um, but I think for me, the most helpful thing is like I try to make sure if I have back to back meetings, I have to make sure that I force a moment between meetings so that I'm not like running into each meeting back to back. I make sure that I have a fresh coffee or something to drink that I get up and I'll go outside on my balcony or just outside just to get away from the computer. And then I'll come back just to try to have the sense of a change of scenery between these two, these meetings. And, and that sort of helps me from, from glazing over and not knowing what I'm doing. No, it's so true. Taking that like just two minutes to go outside and get fresh air I decided to do that on a 15 minute break. I had just been in meetings all day mm. and I, I just couldn't take it. Getting outside just to feel that fresh breeze does more wonders than one actually thinks. And even just that fresh cup of coffee, yeah. do yourself a favor, get up and stretch, do something else that's not necessarily on the screen. Get Absolutely. away from the desk. Absolutely. Definitely great advice. On social media, we asked, it's been 14 months since video meetings have become the norm for a lot of us. It seems like we're spending more time in virtual meetings than we ever did in person. Video meetings take more focus than in-person meetings. So how are you dealing with Zoom fatigue? What are your tips for dealing with it? Leanne said, I leave my camera off most of the time. It helps me to not have to be as stressed about what I'm looking like. A lot of people are running meetings that way. Only on camera when you're talking. Excuses because it saves bandwidth. <laughs> no, it's true. But I think more workplaces do need to give you that opportunity to take the camera off. Because 
we don't need to prove that we're here. I don't need to prove to you that I'm yeah. listening. My work performance is going to show you that. Yeah. We've been working at home long enough that I think that trust should be there, that I can sit at my desk and I can be focusing on the work and what's being said. And if I don't understand something, just put it out there at the beginning of the meeting to, you know, say something in the chat room if if something comes up and, and you need to clarification or some Zoom meetings have the raise hand option, yeah. which is really, that's a good one. So more opportunities for camera off if you uh, if you run meetings out there. I think that that people should do that a lot. Some companies are still because they can't be in the office. Right. And for some companies like for them, having people in the office is a way to make sure that people are doing their jobs. And so having people on camera, make sure that people are doing their jobs by paying attention to my meeting, you know, and that's sort of like I think in some cases, some companies want everybody on camera. It's a terrible thing to do to people. Give people the option to turn off their camera. Here, here. Kieran says, in person, I have the option of choosing how visible I am in a room. I can pick a corner or shut myself off physically. In some of these Zoom situations, I have to be visible and it's all equal, which means if I get tired or emotional or anything, I'm seen in equal measure to everyone else. It's extremely exhausting. Oh, absolutely. You're not alone on that. And it's nice that you have your own little space that you carved out for yourself. Yeah. No, it's really good. I mean, that's that is certainly one of the the big differences between uh the 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 Zoom meeting or the video meeting is everybody is seen equally. And so there is really no hiding. If cameras have to be on, there's no hiding. And so in some ways, you don't know who's seeing you, and that could make people uncomfortable. Everybody might be seen equally. It's just it, very stressful about the whole being seen thing because, you know, it, not everybody is always looking at us. And like like you pointed out, it feels like everybody on screen is looking at us because they're all looking straight ahead at the camera. There's that hyper gaze again. Yeah. There it is. It's more prevalent than we think, and it's, a, it's more of a mental strain than I ever thought it was going to be. I mean... I remember going on to uh, websites like uh, Omegle back in the days or Chat Roulette, you know, when you're in high school and just looking to cause trouble. It's great. That was fine. I signed up for this. I did not sign up to be paid to be do this for mm -hmm. a living. No, thank you. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Also, with those other services, you got to choose when those how often you were doing it. Fair enough. Fair enough. You were allowed to switch rooms. <laughs> and you, you could also decide that you weren't going to do it anymore. You could turn it off for the night or the day or whatever. No explanations needed. Jess has left the chat. <laughs> Kenny says, my job uses Zoom meetings for online learning courses and conferences. Thankfully, they don't require video connection. I usually turn off my camera feed, put on my wireless headphones and clean the house while I listen to the information. Occasionally, popping back in front of the computer to participate in the interactive portions of the meeting. This method might not work for most situations, but it sure takes the boredom out of being glued to the computer for four plus hours. I like that. No, it's true. You know, something I, um, I, I did something similar as well. One time I started just cleaning up my workstation while I was listening mm. and just being able to have that moment of therapy for myself. Yeah invigorated the conversation more for me. So I like that. Definitely. It's definitely great if you can. If you can do that, if yeah. you're able to do that, absolutely. And four plus hours is a horrible amount of time to try to trap somebody in front of a computer. 
and expect a lot of productivity out of them. Yeah, no. Yeah. Mm -mm. Uh, Scott says, something I learned that really helps me. During breaks, take a moment to look at something far away. A distant building or whatever. It feels like unplugging my brain and plugging it back in again. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like going people watching if you're uh, if you're able to. Yeah. And Any kind of change of pace from what you're looking at is a great idea to refresh your brain. Mm hmm. Sans screen. Sans screen. Yes. Don't just switch over to another screen. It's not the same thing. No, no, it ain't. Sabrina says normalizing not having the camera on, which I have more freedom and influence with because of my role. I will also keep my hands busy to resist the urge to multitask. I have a coloring book and some small crafty things within arm's reach that keep me engaged and listening. Depending on the activity and camera angle, I can do these things with my camera on too. That's right. Keeping them hands busy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's really good. You know, I went to um, the show a long time ago when there were live events. They do exist. And the um, the host actually had coloring pages and pencil crayons. So that way you could fully listen and still be able to keep your hands busy. And mm. I never realized that I am that type of learner mm. that I need to have something in my hands in order to keep my mind from wandering. And again, not having that APD in the back of my head always there, yeah. I'm always constantly finding things to help me take in the information. Mm. So that is a great idea, Sabrina. Yeah, it really is. And I think there's something about about keeping your your hands busy, which is which is a great way to to like again, not not switch over to another screen and do some work. Like, don't do it. Don't fake listen like I do. Keep your hands busy in the room and try to 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 keep present in 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 the call. And I do think like camera off whenever possible. Workplaces that are trying to insist that you have your camera on, you need to stop. You need to stop yeah. and, and let people have their camera off. We're spending too much time in these meetings as it is, and it's it's taking too much out of us. Especially now for us folks here in Ontario. Listen, we don't get to get away from our homes very often. Yeah. Shackling us to our desk in our home yeah. is is beyond rude. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let let's be more inclusive. Let's remember folks need to get up, get a stretch, go outside, mm -hmm. keep yeah. your camera off. You know, and the other thing is is just as another point of uh, point of fact is make sure that you have an end to your day. If you're working from home, it can seem like it's doesn't it's not much of a keep working past the time my past quitting time. It doesn't it's not that bad if I keep checking my email. All of that is taking its toll. Put a barrier around your workday. You'll be much happier if you can do that. Work from home has been brought into your home and it's your space you need to keep it that way yeah because eventually you will go back to work and it will be in person again and you need to be able to adjust to that accordingly not carving out this time for yourself to figure out what you need while you work from home is you're robbing yourself of a good transition in my yeah. opinion as well but the other thing is to keep in mind that that for some people this is how it's going to be my workplace is predominantly going to be work from home. There are a few people who will have an office to go to. Um, but for the most part, most people have said that they want to work from home. 
And so this is this is the 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 reality going forward for my company and for a lot of other companies. And when you are putting in, I mean, just from an anti-capitalist point of view, when you're putting in more time than you're being paid for, you are, you know, you're doing more than you're giving more than you're being compensated for. Don't ever do that for any company that you work for. But also just you're destroying your own sanity in your life. You're just going to burn out. Make sure that you you end your day and end your day and don't look at work stuff until you start the next day. No company is worth doing that to yourself where you are all consumed with your work, pandemic or not. Yeah. Your body is your own. It is does not belong to your workspace. Mm-hmm. And maintaining that autonomy for yourself, especially during this time, is so mentally important as well as physically. Mm-hmm. It's just getting up to do that, those little stretches in between. Yeah clocking out at five o'clock or whatever that time is, do it. I know sometimes there's a lot of us that want to work. I myself find, you know, I'm lingering a little bit longer on the computer at work than I should, but it's a, you know, I don't have the commute time right now. I have my couch right behind me. It is a comforting feeling. Take advantage of that while you can, because unfortunately, and I'm envious of you right now, and I hope my boss listens to this, but I would love to continue working from home mm-hmm. if I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So clock out at five. <laughs> yeah. Make sure that you, that you do that. That's the only way to make sure that you still have your life and not like work-life balance is a thing that has to exist. If it's all work and no life, what's the point? Did we learn anything today? Yeah, actually, I learned that I really should be advocating more for off camera. I think that's something that I'm going to, I I thankfully have a inclusive and open work environment. So I think it's worthwhile to start bringing up, look, if we want to do uh, camera meetings, that's fine. But can we limit them? If, If it's somebody that's just going to be giving me information, I would rather be off camera. If it's an interactive conversation, and it's it's a meeting where everybody has to participate, then fine, but let's limit those meetings. I think I'm going to advocate for that. I learned that I need to stop fake participating in meetings and actually stay uh, attentive to the meeting and stop pretending that I am actually listening. And maybe I will try to do something with my hands uh, so that I'm not tempted to to go. I have a Rubik's Cube that I don't intend to ever solve. I'm never going to solve it. It's not going to happen. I'm just randomly turning that thing. The only way it will ever get solved is by chance. Maybe I can just like absently fiddle with that and try to keep, you know, active with the the meeting rather than doing the whole fake active not head nod. Ooh, just create an unintentional algorithm with your uh, Rubik's Cube. Incredible. Just random turns, just random twists and turns. Uh, 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 uh.